that's hundred. Good evening, man. It is super exciting. It is Monday and it's a new year, not just a Monday, not just a fresh start to the week, but it's a fresh start to the year. I felt like it was none other that I wanted to bring these two queens on really to talk about this topic today. New year full of new opportunities and some people may be entering the job seekers market, right? Some people may be looking for a level up in their career. Some people may be looking up for a level up in their life just overall. And one thing that we know is that, you know, a lot of times when you have money, it makes life easier, which I think is super, super, super important. Um, you know, we've seen people that have struggled, right, switching over careers, changing things around, right? Some people may have some fears of getting, laying off, getting laid off. Some people may have already been laid off. Some people may have seen their friends and maybe family members been laid off. There's a lot of things that's going on overall, not just in the stock market, but also in the job market and the stock market and the job market are super correlated. So tonight we're going to be having Tiara Swain. She's going to be talking to you guys about utilizing LinkedIn. I'm pretty sure you guys have heard of that platform. Publicly traded company Microsoft did buy LinkedIn about almost a decade ago. And when you take a look at how much LinkedIn has developed um, and changed over the past couple of years, right? You know, it's literally shifted from the time I went to college in 2017 you know, I remember how LinkedIn, they were saying, hey, get your LinkedIn profile ready. You know, the people at the Career Service Center say, yo, your LinkedIn profile is the key, you know. And even though I don't work, you know, at all, me knowing just the power of LinkedIn, right? Not e even if you're an entrepreneur, sometimes you're just getting on LinkedIn, being able to connect with people, right? A lot of times people think uh, LinkedIn is just for people that are looking for jobs, but it's also a place where you can network even as an entrepreneur, to be able to do business with people on a higher level. That's one thing that I would say. And then Jess, right? In order to really get on LinkedIn, they're gonna ask you for something. You need to have that resume ready. You need to have some proof of concept. People need to know exactly what have you done and how have you done it? What are your skill sets? What are your experiences, your certification, your degrees, your qualification? What allows you to be able to enter a certain job space? Why would they wanna hire you, right? And a lot of people, you know, will say, well, you know, we don't need a job. We don't need this. We don't need that. But, you know, I remember there was a time where, you know, people went ahead and left their jobs at a record rate. You know, we had something that was called the great resignation. Right. So people were resigning left and right. And, you know, that I think backfired on a lot of people, to be honest with you. There were a lot of people that were able to benefit from this. Right. Resigning from their jobs. Right. But what happened was that here we are six to 12 months later and those people are now looking for a job again there's nothing wrong with it but it's always good to have this conversation i think it's super super important so we got two queens here tonight jessica davis and tr swain i'm gonna let them introduce themselves we'll get this party started so tr will go to you first thank you so much so hi everyone my name is tiara swain and i'm the owner of swain solution services i specialize in honestly helping all of my clients leverage their professional brand to land their dream jobs i have a total of 1.7 million dollars in salary increases all from helping my clients so they work at amazon fbi microsoft google zoom like literally you name the company i probably got someone that's working there but it's been a pleasure so thank you so much lauren 
words. Yeah, definitely. No problem. No problem. So yeah, I want to say, you know, thank you for agreeing to come on. Got connected to you through Jessica, you know, looking yeah. forward to our event in Dallas in a couple of weeks. So Jess, go ahead. Hello. Thank you for having me, Lawrence. Uh, my name is Jessica Davis. I am a career strategist, founder and CEO of Resume Badge. I support job seekers that are looking to make specifically career pivots and transitions into new industries. And I support individuals that are looking for the most part to pivot into tech. I have uh, supported over a thousand people since 2020 with significant career transition salary increases upwards of $60,000. And they've been able to transition into companies like Amazon, Gartner, Microsoft, Google, and more. Yo, that's, I mean, that's amazing right there. What I mean, what Jess is saying is, I mean, in my opinion, super, super, you know, helpful for, I think for a lot of people, um, you know, the transition period. Right. And so I think you Queens, you know, from what I've seen, just everything you guys have helped, you know, people TR, you're talking about 1.6 million. I don't want that to go over people's head, you know, in a recession, right. When you have a salary, when you're going to work at a, at a place you like, and you have a career, right. I think one of the most underrated things right now is having a career. I think that some people really forgot about the the, pro, the process of, of really having a career, how beneficial it can be. You know, when it comes to investing in the financial markets, the question that I get a lot of times is, Lawrence, how can I actually learn how to trade good enough so I can quit my job? That's probably, the, I'm going to be real with y'all. That's the number one question that I get. And you want to know the number one answer that I give back to them? I always tell people, yo, your job is your number one investor right? Your job is your number one investor. I think a lot of times we go through these cycles and we, and a lot of times people like to compare themselves to somebody else. And in 2023, I'm going to be real with you. I want you to look back at 2022 and 2021 and 2020. I want you to look at what did comparing yourself to somebody else, where did that get you, right? More times than now, I'm probably going to say nine times out of 10, you comparing yourself to someone else is going to land you in a world of trouble. And I think that at this point in time, we have to really develop some maturity and say, yo, I don't want to be looking at somebody else and saying, oh, they 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 don't have a job right now and, and and this and that. Like we like I think sometimes people get caught up in too much of the dynamics of somebody else and they're not focused enough on themselves. They might not have seen that that person might have worked a job for 15, 20 years, did right with their money, invested their money properly then walked away. You got a lot of people right now that's entering the workforce at 21, 22, 23, 25, 26, 27. And they had this mentality that they don't, they, they got a degree and they just supposed to be handed stuff, right? Or they got a certification and they supposed to be handed stuff. You got to go out there and earn everything that you want in life. So I think it's important that we had this conversation, you know, here in 2023, how to grow and protect your career and your portfolio, right? Your career and your portfolio. Those are two things right now that are under attack. People's portfolios have been under attack. Just take a look at the stock market. Take a look at these stocks. People's portfolios have been under underneath attack, right? Take a look at some of these housing prices. Some of these housing prices have came down. Also, people's careers are under attack. So how do you grow and protect your career and your portfolio? So I want to start off, you know, pretty much tonight talking with Jess, right? Um, when it comes to resumes, right? Because before you go even get on LinkedIn, right? Before you create, before you even have that profile all picked together, put together, they want to know your skills, your accolades, right? And I know TR is teaching people how to leverage those things when it comes down to now you've gotten in front of the right people. Now, how do you leverage it the right way? So I want to talk about the organization of it and the, in the process of it, Jess. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So 
like you said, Lawrence, the past couple years during the pandemic have really been kind of a roller coaster ride. So initially we saw what happened at the beginning of the pandemic, massive layoffs, the economy in shambles, companies losing massive amounts of market cap, which trickled down to the job force, uh, to the labor market. And so we saw a lot of people um, out of work, out of opportunities, and a lot of people were kind of trying to scramble, figure out what to do. And the next wave of that, when we saw that market boom that came in the next cycle, we saw a market boom within the job market as well. And we saw a significant increase in employment, significant increase in new jobs being added to the market. At one point at the highest unemployment during the pandemic at its peak was about 14%. So there were a significant amount of the country that were out of work. So when these opportunities started coming back and these companies started really capitalizing, they also wanted to kind of grow fast. They wanted to help their scaling and you know contribute to their bottom line and add value to their shareholders. So they also significantly increased their workforce. And for a time, a lot of people had great opportunities. Salary caps were not even a thing. You had people that were making 200, 300, $400,000 at their jobs. And then jobs were so much in abundance that you had people balancing two, three jobs at a time, making hundreds of thousands of dollars at each one. And so it was a time to be alive. The economy was thriving, the job market was thriving, and then things kind of had to cool down. And as you know, um, the feds have been rising interest rates. A lot of companies have been really been impacted by the global economic factors that we've been seeing. We have wars, we have COVID is still around and well, we have lockdowns, a lot of things really kind of triggered um, where our economy was going and where the job market was going. So once again, we saw massive layoffs happening. So we recently just uh, got out of a series of layoff waves that really started in June of 2022, but we saw Meta lay off about 11,000, Amazon laid off about uh, 10,000 people. We had Carvana, Peloton, Better.com, uh, who all laid off 2,500 and up, Twitter 3,700 people. So it really became a, a from a celebratory time to a time of fear and panic again, because all of the people that were gainfully employed were now back to square one and out of jobs, out of opportunities. So I think the biggest lesson that we can learn from this navigating the career market going into 2023 is to really leverage your network. Also make sure that you have your your personal profile, your branding, your personal branding in order, and you're building relationships so that when opportunities do start to arise, that you can kind of have people that you can leverage to vouch and advocate for you for opportunities. But also a significant part of that is the need to upskill. I think we see what is going on um, in the economy. We see the rise of AI, we also see the rise of machine learning. You have amazing technologies that literally just take the take out algorithms and drive really usable, valuable information for you. So we see a lot of um, shuffling within uh, different roles. Different roles are going to be disappearing, but we'll also see an increase in a lot of different new career paths going into this year. But I think for the next year and for the next 10 years, upskilling and making sure that you are not disposable is going to be 
um, important. Just like you want to hedge yourself in the stock market, you want to make sure that you have uh, the resources that you can leverage in the event that the market goes one way or another. You want to do the same thing in the job market. You want to have a set of skills in your back pocket and a set of resources as well that you can kind of leverage to get a head start in whether it's your job search or just so you can stay ahead in the competitive job market space in general. Nah, I mean, that's fire right there because, you know, you said a lot right there. Like everything you said was a bar. One thing, a couple of things that I picked up on, you said, first off, people have multiple jobs, right? Multiple tech jobs. Like it's one thing to have, you know, a, a main job and you got a couple side hustles. But when you talk about having multiple tech jobs, how, like, I think it's super hard, especially dealing with tech. You know, we know these careers, like corporate careers are very demanding. So yeah, I know the money was good, but where was the sleep? You know, um, you know, how, how are you navigating? And, and, you know, I think that, you know, one thing that I would take away is like, I, I know there's a lot of people that are kind of like depressed right now when it comes to the tech space, right? Where it's like, there's been layoffs, but the main question that I would just pose at them, have you found yourself using technology less? And the answer to that question would be no. So in my opinion, you've been finding yourself using technology a lot more so what that tells you is that we're going through a transition period where there are certain jobs that used to be available that just won't be anymore. And quite frankly, it's really getting to the point where there will be a lot, lot less of jobs that are available and you have to really separate yourself from the pack. Like it's just not going to be like the 90s was the point where I feel like everyone went to college, got a degree and you knew you were guaranteed to have a good job and you were going to retire pretty well. Whereas now we're kind of in the point over the past five to seven years where you can actually get the degree, but you actually might not even get a job, right? The past seven, 10 years to be realistic. You could get a master's degree and you might not even make six figures respectfully, you know, especially if you're not applying yourself, right? And so, especially if you're not getting in the right rooms. So the times have changed. Whereas if you had an MBA in the early 2000s, you know, you were like God mode, right? People were like, yo, you're, you're a God. You know what I'm saying? Whereas now, you know, MBAs are a lot more common. It's saturated. The market is saturated with an MBA. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like gotten to the point where, you know, people have needed extra. Right. And just I know, you know, a lot about these different certifications. And I think we've seen, you know, everyone talk about certs on Twitter. And we've also seen some bad actors talk about stuff on on. on on certifications. And quite frankly, it's been so much information. It's just really been confusing. So I brought you two on here to expound and really break this down so people can understand what certifications can you actually get, right? I hear some people throwing around things about Salesforce, just different certifications that can actually help you and separate you when it comes to getting into these different jobs. So yep, I want to talk about that. Yeah, that's a good question. So certifications are definitely a great pathway to kind of pivot and break into tech. And you're absolutely right about these um, advanced degrees. I actually, Tiara and I both have MBAs and we can tell you it was not an easy pathway just because you have X, Y, and Z title, just because you have um, X, Y, and Z experience under your belt, that does not necessarily mean that it is relevant for today, today's economy and today's eco economic needs. So going back to what I was saying, you want to always make sure that you continue to upskill yourself. You want to make sure that you continue to um, build upon your toolkit, build upon your skill set, because that's one thing that can't really be taken 
from you. And a lot of times you'll find too that uh, your skill sets build upon each other. So like, for example, one resource that you shared was one example you shared was Salesforce. Salesforce is a customer relationship management um, CRM platform. They integrate with a lot of different SaaS platforms to really help businesses leverage their customer data, customer communications, and just keep on track with how their customers are doing. And it also has helped a lot of businesses to kind of increase their customer retention as well, because people want to be engaged with. They want to know that they paid for a product and that there's going to be some sort of engagement or follow-up from the company's so Salesforce, they have some really great uh, certificates as well that you can uh, learn on their platform. They have a platform called Trailhead where you can kind of go on that portal and really learn the fundamentals of Salesforce. You can also take courses within that portal to upskill. So they have a couple different tracks, like you can learn solutions architect, you can learn to be a sales engineer. So definitely um, a great resource to start with. And they have a really uh, great high, uh, a really good starting salary as well for Salesforce architects, Salesforce engineers. So I would start there. And then another one that is really great to look into is ServiceNow. Um, they also on their portal, on their platform, have some really great uh, certification resources that you can utilize and leverage to learn um, ServiceNow. And to round out my top three, I always recommend the Google Project Management Certificate. It is powered by Coursera. So they partnered with the Coursera platform to be able to provide you with fundamentals of project management. And you can, they also even on that platform have, um, once you finish the course, you can work with people at Google as well within their career space that will kind of help you to leverage your skills, leverage your learning and help you to find the next steps in your career. So those are the top three, but honestly, right now is a great time to be alive because when I was in school, thank God I found like a ton of scholarships because I love to research free things. <laughs> so, however, a lot of people didn't have access to as many free programs, scholarships and things like that. But right now is definitely a great time to do that. So like, for example, if you wanted to break into tech sales, there are so many different options and alternatives yeah. that you can utilize for that alone. So there's programs like fuel sales, there's programs yeah. like always hired, Mm -hmm. um, there's a new one, I believe it's called Vendition, that yep. they train you. They train you to learn the skills, learn the fundamentals. And the three that I just named for tech sales, they actually pay you to learn. Well, actually, fuel sales, um, I'm not sure if that one pays you, but I know for a fact, always hired um, and Vendition do. They pay you to learn the skills and strategies. And while you're learning, you're getting paid. And when you're complete with the program, they match you with different um, partners. So you can yeah. kick your career right away. So there are so many different trajectories. Cybersecurity, even I know a lot of people are interested in breaking into cybersecurity. That is a very, very lucrative um, career path that's coming down the pipeline. And it's something that we could talk a little bit more about later. But cybersecurity is... Um, Right now, by 30, 20, excuse me, by 2031, the cybersecurity industry is anticipated to grow 35%, which is huge because we're seeing a lot of growth within the market. We're seeing a lot of 
um, opportunities and jobs being added, even though we're seeing a little bit of slowdown in terms of hiring right now. But there are so many different resources um, for cybersecurity and literally a 35 percent industry growth is amazing. So there's definitely room there for just about everyone if you're willing to learn the skills. And there are a lot of free programs as well where you can Mm -hmm. actually learn the skills. Um, Some of them even kind of pay you in an apprenticeship style to learn as well. Yep. And so and so and one thing that I just wanted to elaborate what Jessica just said. Um, she hit on like a lot of key points here, which I love her so much, honestly. So the one thing I will say is if you ever feel lost trying to figure out what cert do I need to get, I always recommend, I tell my own um, current clients this too, read 10 to 20 job descriptions. When you identify the same keywords, that's what you need to go towards. And a lot of times too, like depending on even like your location, they may offer like different scholarships also like off of your ethnicity background. You just never know what's there. So I would always encourage you to Google it for sure. And another tech sales certificate that you guys can also look into, whether it's for customer success as well and tech sales, it's called Aspireship. They, it's pretty dope. It's like they have a lot of partnerships with a lot of Fortune 500 companies, a lot of startups. And this is something where you can get accredited and you can probably like learn it in two weeks, basically. So I would definitely uh, leverage that if you're interested in going into tech sales or customer success. I agree. Yeah, because yeah. I've heard a lot about just like, I've heard a lot about, you know, just customer success and, you know, a lot, yes. of, a lot of things dealing with sales. So on the sales side, you, mm-hmm. know, I, you know, I think it's super important that people, you know, get this information because this is the wor- way that the world is moving. The world is, everything's about data, right? Yes. Whereas, you know, like everything is analytical, like more <laughs> analytical. And I think that's super duper important, right? So everything is about data. And, you know, when you take a look at this, you know, I just think it's such a huge opportunity in front of people's people's eyes right now. And I don't want people to miss this. So, um, you know, I'm glad that you pretty much, you know, touched on that point. Um, you know, I want to go to TR and actually talk about now, once you have all of these skill sets, right, you have all stuff lined up. Um, you know, Jess is, is very good at the, at the, at the resumes, right? She has her brand resume badge where you can actually set up consultation and time with her if she can really go over your resume. And I think that is super important that we highlight this because now once you have your resume proper, you had a skill sets, you have all of these things together. Now you're able to put yourself in front of a different crowd, a different audience, right? So TR, what would you say has been the most important thing for allowing your clients to be able to like get in front of people and people notice them a lot different, like look at them a lot different. Like what are the, what are some tips that you can give them? And I know Jess is going to, we're going to come back to her on the resume tip a little bit later on, but getting in front of people on LinkedIn, right? How is that possible? What, what about these connections? Like Let's talk about that. Okay. You know what, Lawrence? Honestly, LinkedIn is a love language. I used to work there. So I actually did a tech sales role. I was an account director at LinkedIn and I managed 140 accounts. So in terms of your LinkedIn from the top of your profile all the way to the bottom, think of it as a words game. Think of it as like professional real estate space. The more relevant keywords you have, the more it's going to impact your professional brand. Now, in all honesty, LinkedIn is the world's number one networking platform. Literally, you all, every second, two profiles are created. So what this means is that there are unlimited like, job opportunities there. Now, in all honesty, we only see 20% of jobs that are posted. 
So 80% actually comes from networking, which is important with LinkedIn, as well as you getting connected with different staffing firms. Now, now in terms of LinkedIn, I love it so much. So the reason why it's so important is that you never know who's watching. I don't want to like make it sound a little bit scary, but what that goes to like tell you is how you set it up. You just never know the opportunities that are there. So in terms of your LinkedIn profile, when you all fully optimize it, that means that you've reached an all-star status. That means that it's going to actually unlock different perks. It's going to push your rank up at different recruiter searches. It's going to get more opportunities for you unleashed. And what's interesting is that recruiters actually have unique filters that they use to find people that have optimized profiles. So there's definitely a method to the madness. So as mentioned before, the top of your profile, and that includes your headline, professional photo, banner, about me section, skills section, work experience section. All of this, all of this is just like more like in terms of like keywords that are there. Now, a thing that really separates my clients is how they leverage their open to work section on LinkedIn. So Lawrence and Jessica, open to work is just think about it. So like, let's say if Jessica was looking for a job, let's say she's waving literally a green flag, letting these recruiters know that, hey, these are the jobs that I'm interested in. Here are my actual preferences. A lot of times this really impacts my client's experience because when they have the right keywords, the right skill sets, the right certifications, when they're leveraging this section correctly, they get more hits. And what I mean by that is they're going to receive more emails. So an email is a message that recruiters send to candidates and they're not connected with them. OK, so it's pretty cool. So what you can do in this section is you can add up to five job titles. And I always recommend having it related. I don't know how many times sometimes I see you guys. I have one of my clients. He got a job now, so I can tell his story. He put like chef, librarian, analyst. It was all over the place. And I was like, no, you know, you're wrong for that. So it's important for you to have related titles because that's how you get more relevant inbound requests from these recruiters. Now, next, you can also say your workplace preference. Now, we all know everyone wants to work remotely, but I will tell you this, you guys, a lot of companies are pushing for a hybrid, okay? And so I would even just say turn on hybrid. That way you can get more interviews because that's how you can also learn throughout this process. And then next, cities. I can't stress this enough. Only post major cities in your open to work section. So if you know if you're interested in tech, New York City Metro, San Francisco Bay Area, Chicago, Boston, Austin, Dallas, Atlanta, San Francisco, Seattle, all of these are major areas. And so that's why it's important for you to list it. So a lot of times people, they may put just countries, recruiters won't be able to find you. And if you all think about this too, right? Just like how we use job filters, we're using filters to narrow down our search. When you put a large metro area, recruiters don't got time to go through 5 million people. They have time to go through 10,000 in a day, though, for sure. So, yes. And then I would also say leveraging your featured section on LinkedIn. Why this is so important so you can highlight those certifications that, that Jessica actually mentioned earlier. You can highlight your portfolio. All of this is representing your professional brand because there's no one else like you. Oh, when I talk about LinkedIn, I get excited. But um, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, nah, because I mean, I like I've hopped on LinkedIn myself and just seen the amount of connections that I have. And I'm not even on there like that, you know, yeah. and just the people that the different demographic of people that are on there, I think is super important. Getting in front of a different crowd Yes. Um, everyone on LinkedIn is super professional um, and they call you out on your stuff. It's, it's like um, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's hard to be a scammer on there. Like it's very hard to, for someone to be a scammer on there um, and to say they're this and that without because you can take a look at who they're connected with. Right. right. And the connections matter. Right. You And you're also on there and you have people who own, you know, who, who own big time companies, multi-billion dollar businesses that are right on LinkedIn. 
yes. right? And they're ready to they're ready to connect with you. I brought on a brother, you know, a couple of weeks back, Coach uh, John Austin, and um, you know, he was talking a little bit about just getting into different spaces and different rooms, and some of those people are on LinkedIn, right? Just yeah. a profile right there, ready for you to connect with them, and next thing you know, you're in a room with them. So I think you know that's super super important. Now, as people are on, what's some what's some proper LinkedIn etiquette, right? Yes. You know, sometimes people get used to being on Facebook a little bit too much, used to being on Twitter a little bit too much. Yeah. You can't do what you're doing on those platforms on LinkedIn. So what is <laughs> is uh you know pretty much what it what what is some proper LinkedIn etiquette? Yes. Okay. I'm happy you mentioned that. So you're right. In all honesty, I do see like LinkedIn has transformed a lot. So I know that right now LinkedIn is mirroring how Facebook was back in 2012, where people are able to share some of their, in terms of like their personal background, but don't do too much. Okay. Cause you still have to be professional at the end of the day. So I would say yeah. for yourself, it's proper LinkedIn etiquette. It's important for you to really support your other connections. So like their comments, endorse them for skills, because all that's going to impact their rank in the search. Give them those recommendations because that's how they're going to earn their credibility. Now, next, I would say, in terms of proper LinkedIn etiquette, be mindful of what you post, okay? So I would say stay away from like posting religion and politics as well because you never know who's looking, okay? And I'm and i whether that's from your current employer because they're looking, they're looking. I know people that were fired from what they posted on their LinkedIn profile. So, you know, once you post some, you know, certain content, it's always there. Now, something else I would also say in terms of like proper LinkedIn etiquette is, I would say being really intentional with your connections. So at minimum, like, when you get up to 500 connections, it opens up so many opportunities. So really quickly, Lawrence, um, I can tell you this. I have 7,400 first degree connections, but I have over 1.2 million second degree connections, which are friends of friends on LinkedIn. So when I'm looking in terms of like different recruiters, how I want to be intentional. Yeah, I have 30,000 recruiters that I have mutual connections with. So you understand, I feel like I'm a kid in the candy store right now, just in terms of those opportunities. But in terms of proper LinkedIn etiquette, I'm going to make sure I'm very strategic. So I'm making sure that I'm scanning all of their profile. One, to realize, hey, is this the right recruiter I have to message? And two, are they even active? Because I know a lot of people, they're not always as, as active like Jessica and I are on LinkedIn. So it's really cool if you really look at their activity, right? So you can see. Hey, so like, for instance, Lawrence, if you weren't active in two years, I would tell Jessica, no, Jessica, you should not be reaching out to Lawrence. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. You want to reach out to someone, they've been active within like the last week, honestly and truly, especially yeah. looking for a job. And I would no. also say in terms of proper LinkedIn etiquette, you can start to leverage your connections if you graduated from school. You can leverage your, um, if you volunteer as well, like all of this is fair game. Okay, so how you set up your LinkedIn profile it's always important for you to be strategic with who you connect with. And I would also say connect with the job titles you want. Connect with other job titles that are part of the hiring process, whether they could be human resources, managers. So you mentioned customer success. It would be senior customer success managers, manager of customer success. They are a part of the hiring process. So that's who I would reach out to. And if you don't know what customer success is, it's basically a dope account manager without a sales quota. That's why it's so popular in tech. So if you have... Customer service yeah. experience, that's transferable. I've helped teachers become customer success managers because, you know, when they create IEPs, it's very similar. You're creating like a tailored action plan for your account. So there's definitely a lot of transferable skills there, too. That's a yeah. good example that you just provided, um, TR. Um, and yeah, customer success is definitely a 
great, great career trajectory. Another one that's grown very quickly. In the next uh, five to 10 years, this industry is going to grow about 15%, which is, um, and it's not going anywhere because here's the thing, right? While we will see a reduction in certain roles, uh, we'll see a reduction in certain industries. We may think that customer service is a declining industry, uh, but not in tech because while these companies have algorithms and a ton of software to help them to kind of optimize their processes and systems, there are still a lot of companies that need face-to-face -face interaction with their customers. So especially if they are dealing with high tech clients, um, like for example, I work in client uh, partnerships, which is similar to customer success. And a majority of our clients that I see on a day-to-day -day are clients that are bringing in at least a million dollars to yep. our company. And so if you're spending over a million dollars on a product, you're going to want to speak to somebody to get to know how that yeah. product works to make sure that you're getting the most value for your money. Correct. So in the technology sector, uh, customer success is definitely a growing industry and is not going anywhere. And then going back to what you were saying, Tiara, on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. definitely a great opportunity, a great platform to leverage for opportunities. I found my job on LinkedIn. Well, they found me. They reached out to me after I had made uh, updates to my profile maybe a week after and Tiara was there when it all happened because I was living in Boston at the time and I had just gotten into a car accident in the winter and I was like I don't want to be here anymore I'm out of here so I updated my profile and like the next day someone reached out to me and was like hey we have a job for you yeah, so I'm glad you're talking about that because you're yeah. really you're you're proof of what you're talking about and yeah. we get a lot of people on social media and here's where I you know, I, I got to call this stuff out. People know I, I, I always say it, I'll call it out. You got a lot of people that's capping, right? Yeah. Jess, Jess was able to take these skill sets that she is actually teaching you guys. And she also consulted with TR, who's a friend of hers. And they built up. She had a plan for herself. Literally, she left Boston, right? And literally moved to Dallas and increased and upgraded her salary, right? And her career, right? She took a career change. So you're talking to someone who's not just on here talking about, yeah, you need to make sure your resume is like this. You need to make sure you're, you're actually talking to someone who's living the life, right? And, and doing the things that, right, that she's telling you, right? She literally did that. And I, when you, when you made that move and you, and you, um, because you guys know me and Jess, we run the pre-market movers, you know, uh, Monday. Shout out to PMM. Yes. Shout out to PMM, man. And, you know, it was, I was like, wow, you know, that's powerful. You know what I'm saying? You know, I was happy. I was like, yo, that's powerful. And that speaks volumes. And, you know, I want to say something real quick, right? Um, it's 2023. Let's stop with being soft. I think too many times people are soft. People don't want to talk about the stuff that might get underneath your skin a little bit, right? Stop being soft. I tell people this all the time. You got to stop being soft. And life, sometimes life is going to hit you like a Mack truck on I-97. But what I'm going to tell you is, is that you got to get back up, right? You got to keep going. You got to keep pushing. You really got to get energized. And, you know, there's going to be some times where you feel like not doing something. But what happens when you keep ignoring something, right? It's just like, you know, you got to get to the gym to lose that 10, 15, 20 pounds, but you keep ignoring it. I do. <laughs> No, I ain't talking about you, but you know, <laughs> no, you, you, you gotta keep, you got, you gotta keep, 
you know, you keep eating cheeseburgers and you keep eating fries, you keep eating all this bad stuff. Yeah. Now you got diabetes and you got high blood pressure, right? So how long are you going to ignore the fact that you are underpaid, right? Let me ask you that question. How, mm-hmm. how, how many times are you going to keep ignoring the fact that you keep looking at your check and saying, damn, I ain't getting paid what I'm worth? How many times you going to keep doing that? Because I believe that all 200 people on here, right? I believe that everyone on here deserves to be paid more than what they're getting paid uh, paid now. I think if you're getting paid a buck 50, you should get 250. I think if you're getting paid a quarter, you should be getting 350. I think if you're getting paid 50 or 60, you should be getting 120, 130. That's really my mindset. And so what are some strategies that we can actually use to increase our income? Not everything is going to be through an options trade and a weekly options trade. And, and, yes. and this extra. not everything is going to be through a crypto and this and that. Sometimes you got to really get down and dirty. You got to really get down and dirty. How I was able to get to the point that I was at, I was working two jobs. I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't necessarily working. No, 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 no sales, customer success. None of this stuff. Yeah. What I'm trying to make is, is that we have opportunities now literally to level ourselves up where we can walk in and literally get certifications, position ourselves with the right people. The technology is here. Some people are just a click away. And it's crazy. A a, a millionaire or a billionaire is a click away. You got to try to get to the backdoor meetings now all the time. Sometimes they're just a click away. They're a profile away. They're a connection away. So you're a connection away of literally, literally, literally being able to level yourself up. So we have, you know, Jess here that's that's ready on site to help with your resumes. We have TR here that's ready on site to literally help with your LinkedIn. She just told you she worked on the back end of LinkedIn. So we ain't bringing someone that was just off the street. We talking about someone that worked literally at LinkedIn. Right? You know, we hold on really quickly, Lawrence. Can I just really jump in really quickly? Tag me in. So check this out, y'all. In terms of LinkedIn, what also impacts my client's experience is how they leverage the filters literally at your disposal. So a dope thing with LinkedIn is that they have a filter that's called under 10 applicants. So, so Jessica, I'll ask you this. Why do you think that that's important? Leveraging a filter that says under 10 applicants. You want to be one of the first people that the recruiters and the hiring managers have their eyes on especially if you're a good fit for the opportunity because then they could just close the door on that job. Exactly. And I know that Jessica could stand on her versus nine people versus 90, 900 that apply on the back end because I used to manage staffing firms. You would literally yeah. have a thousand candidates applying in two days and you're not going through all those profiles. So that's why it's important for you to have your resume out, like stand, like literally shining bright. OK, make sure that your LinkedIn is dope because that's what's going to appeal to them. So another filter what LinkedIn also has, which I think is awesome that I need everyone to spread the word on fair chance. It's, it's called, um, it's basically called, like, yeah, like, like fair chance employer. So these are companies that identify that they accept people that have had criminal backgrounds because they're trying to push for equity on this, on this platform, which I think is very important. And I would also say leveraging recently posted, never apply to jobs that this, they've been posted for more than two weeks. No. And all honesty, your sweet spot should be within the first three days. And after three days, I mean, not to say that you can't apply to jobs that's been a week out, but I'm telling you this, you should be prioritizing your time. And then what's great is mm. you can also go in that remote filter because I know everyone wants to work remotely, which I totally understand. But what's dope is you can create a search alert. So you'll be alerted in real time. So of course, after your resume is ready, after your LinkedIn is updated, all that, you know, the whole nine is already done. Then you're going to create that search alert because then you'll be alerted in real time. I'll never. No, I, like, I, like, I like what you said. What you said right there was a bar. Like mm-hmm. what you said right there was real talk. A bar. Like you, you, you really, you really said something that kind of just like spoke to me right there. You said we shouldn't be wasting our time. Um, we like we should we shouldn't be wasting our time with jobs. 
that have been posted for two to three weeks, right? Because I think a lot of times people get caught up in waiting on the employer too long, right? People right. wait on the employer too long. And so it shows, right, the real as far as like, yo, they posted that job two weeks ago. Think about this, right? Sometimes if these job postings ain't getting taken down fast enough, that should tell you something. No one wants the job. If the job been sitting up there for three months, four months, that should tell you something. Why you ain't filled the position in three to four months? And, right? I, and I'll be committed to something, Lawrence. Part Go of the reason too, we have companies that want to continuously build up their pipeline. So sometimes if you see the same job posted in a month, a lot of times that job could have already been filled, but they just want to build it up for when they actually have like the roles in the future. So that's what's and, I was, and, I, and I was talking to somebody about that earlier this year. I was literally talking to someone about that. I said, yo, right, because someone had ended up getting laid off and I was talking to somebody about it. I said, yo, they already had someone in the background. Right. Because if they're bringing I said they always do stuff like that. I'm glad that you mentioned that because I said I said, yo, they already know if they already know they're going to lay somebody off. They're going to post the, the thing already to get a jump start on it. And if they're bringing people and calling people for interviews, that's why I meant, that's why one of the questions I know was in the background, what ways can people pivot from that? I know for a fact that right now people are realizing that certain people have been missing from work. Certain yes. people are looking around and saying, yo, my, uh, that person I used to see in this, they, they, they're missing from work. Or that person that I used to get, even if you're virtual, you like, man, I ain't been on a Zoom call with that person in a little minute. Where, where they at? Right. You start. So, you, you know, what I'm saying it's a so what ways can you now protect yourself from potentially getting laid off and you're going to be shocked? Right. Because everyone always has that shock fear. Right. If you talk to your grandma, your grandpa, you talk to your aunts, your uncles, they'll tell you that, man, I got laid off. I ain't even know it. So what ways can people work ahead of it, right? Because in, a, in, in when we talk about finance, I always tell people, man, save your money and it'll save you, right? Yes. Stop going out here overspending, trying to impress people, flex on people, all this stuff, man. Be worth more in your pockets and in your household than what you are on the exterior of yourself. And I'm not to say that you shouldn't look good, because uh, you know what I'm saying? You want to look good. Aesthetics always, we get it, ladies. It costs, right? It costs to be the boss. <laughs> but we got to understand it's about minimizing, right, as much as possible and maximizing in other areas. Minimizing in certain areas, but maximizing in other areas. So I want yeah. you to about that i think definitely being able to effectively pivot is something that it's it's a skill it's an art um not only do i highly recommend like tiara was talking about leveraging linkedin because there are over 58 million companies that are on linkedin that in 200 company countries excuse me that are actively looking uh to fill different roles fill opportunities so definitely maximizing the use of that job search feature that is built into the LinkedIn platform, but also building out your profile to a way where you can stand out as well, because they have really great um, features and functions within the platform that you can make yourself stand out as an individual. For example, they have the featured section, which you can mm -hmm. utilize to share portfolios. You can utilize to share a digital resume. You can add, if you've been featured in a magazine, if you've been featured in an article, you can, take those links and pin it to the top of your LinkedIn profile. Yep. Definitely turn on your creator mode because you need your creator mode to activate uh, the featured section function. But once you do that, that'll kind of really be able to have eyes gravitate to your profile. And then going back to what Tiara was saying about the keywords, you want to have 
a strong set of keywords sprinkled throughout your profile that will be able to communicate who you are and communicate the type of skills that you have. Think of think of your profile as your brand promise to employers, as your brand promise to your audience in general. So what is the value that you bring and how and quantify that value? Like TR always says, you know, quantify before you qualify. Quantify the value. Let people know what value that you're going to be able to bring to their organizations, how you can help them. You can show them also by adding your skill set um, and recommendations because those are great ways for people to endorse you on the platform. Like you said, Lawrence, people don't people don't uh, play around with uh, catfishing and scamming and things like that on LinkedIn because really soon you get called out and you get caught and then you have to disappear and your profile is gone. So nobody wants to go through that headache. So to be able to really put your best foot forward, validate your, your profile by add, filling it out, adding your skills, adding your work experience in a concise way. And then also have people vouch for you via skills and recommendations because that lets other people know that you are somebody that's credible. And as far as like the, the job market right now, uh, PwC, PricewaterhouseCooper, they had a survey um, recently where they surveyed chief human resources officers and about 81% of them said that their companies are looking to take action within the next 12 to 18 months to reduce their workforce. And then also you had about 28% of them saying that they're not going to replace those roles that people leave. So you definitely are, we're seeing a more competitive job market over the next year or two. So we definitely have to find ways to brace ourselves, um, leveraging your skills again, having a resume that is really um, consolidated, that really speaks to your skills, speaks to your experiences. I know we didn't speak too much on resumes, uh, but that's definitely part of your personal branding package as well, because this is something that you can leverage and integrate while you're utilizing platforms like LinkedIn and other different job application mm -hmm. platforms. Because first of all, you need your resume to be able to apply for jobs. But yes. if you want to leverage your network through the power of referrals, which I highly recommend. And if anyone needs a referral, definitely reach out to me because I do them all the time for people that are qualified looking to transition. My company is hiring crazy. So definitely feel free to reach out. But recommendations, a lot of times you'll need to have an updated, optimized resume that is aligned with what the job description is looking for. Otherwise, they may toss your resume out, even though you may have a referral. So if you're looking for an uh, internal referral to leverage within the company, don't mm -hmm. just sit there and set up coffee chats. Don't just ask them about the role, ask them about uh, what they can do for you, but come prepared and have that resume document that you can show them to demonstrate your skill sets, demonstrate what you're capable of also, but yeah. also they can log into their internal systems and submit your resume for recommendations for future roles. So definitely always recommend um, highlighting that. You know what, well, first I have to apologize. My dad says hi. He kept calling me to say hi. I'm sorry. Oh, hi, Mr. Bill. Oh, <laughs> no, like anyway, anyway. Um, so something that I wanted to also piggyback on what Jessica said, first of all, you know, referrals is mutually beneficial. You literally get automatically, like your application will get seen like by, by literally by law. And then also if you get hired, that person gets, you know, compensation for it. And I'm talking up to like five to 10 grand sometimes depending on the role. 
It's very yeah, so it's mutually right? beneficial. It's so very I, beneficial. So I really think that like scheduling information interviews is very key. Now, what I would say to just add on to this, you need to get connected with staffing firms, okay? Because the great advantage is that one, staffing firms have access to more jobs than what we see publicly. And then two, they can provide insight on the hiring process because they could have already support, I mean, they, they could have already placed candidates at these same companies. They could kind of tell you, hey, like, here's what to say, here's what you can't say. Now, I think what's also important is that if you ever do leverage a staffing firm, I'm talking like K4s, Robert Half, Randstad, Apex System, there are over 30,000 worldwide like staffing firms, all catered. Like I have, when I worked at LinkedIn, I managed people that were in the theater industry at a staffing firm. Don't ask me why. I from like tech, government, finance, nonprofit. There was there's literally a home for you in terms of a staffing firm. And I used to work at one as well, so I know the power of it. But the one thing I will say is you need to make sure that you create a partnership with some of these recruiters, because guess what? They have aspirations too. So let's just say they could work at a um, Randstad now, but they want to be at Google next week. That happens all the time. It was great. You get to take that connection with you. Now, I would also say you should also set expectations. So if you only want to work remotely, this recruiter better not give you nothing hybrid or on site, right? Mm -hmm. Also, don't be afraid to share your salary expectations because that'll save you both time. And I mean that upfront, like, please set that. Because and then I think that recruiter can be more mindful in terms of the requisitions or job opportunities, sorry, that they send you. OK, so that's um, it's, it's very key. And I would also say your resume needs to honestly highlight only your accomplishments. That's it. Because if you're a customer service, I already have a clear understanding of what you're doing. But hey, I PS score. Were you able to um, work cross-functionally with other departments? What are you going to do to stand out as a leader? Because guess what? That's what they want to hire. Seriously. Yeah. Okay? So, yes. I think I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad you said that because you know I want to talk about these salary increases, right? Ooh, yes. About the salary. I got some salary tea. People, people, <laughs> people, people, I know we got we got some time on here left. I want to talk mm -hmm. about these salary increases, right? Um, yep. I, I know some of the notes you sent me over payscalesalary.com, pay factors. Yep. One thing that I've noticed just from looking in past, right? I find that a lot of times that particularly minorities. Right. Particularly if we want to really get to it. Black women are very underpaid individuals. Right. So shout out to all the black women that are listening and watching tonight, because you guys historically just look at the numbers, you know, are always been underpaid. Right. And what in minorities, just in general. Right. Spanish, Spanish, our Latino brothers and sisters. And then as a black man. We always get lowball. So what are some ways that we are uh, we can allow ourselves to be able to go in front of these companies and properly get paid? Right. Because the negotiation ta table of salary increases, I know, has been a hot topic, you know, on social media. We've seen that where people have said, hey, you know, I went into the negotiation and, you know, I was able to negotiate a higher salary. But then some people went into the negotiations and, and didn't quite get a higher salary. And actually got a job offer rescinded. So, like, what's some ways that people can balance that out? Yeah, let's say right now, um, salary negotiation is definitely something that's um, important. And I'll let Tiara dive in on um, some different strategies that you guys can incorporate to leverage your salary. But just to give some context, there is a huge, huge discrepancy in salaries across the board, especially when it comes to women and minorities. Um, so for example, there are some annual um, days that are that are 
represented. So there's, for example, Black Women Equal Pay Day. There's uh, Hispanic Women Equal Pay Day, uh, Native American Women Equal Pay Day. This past September, uh, I believe September 21st, we had celebrated Black Women Equal Pay Day. And what that means is this was the amount of time that it took for Black women to catch up to the pay that a white man was earning in January of 2022. So it took Black women in general um, approximately nine months to reach that point. And right now, according to National Women's Law Center, Black women are paid anywhere from 64 to 67 cents on the dollar per their, compared to their peers. And that is reflective across the board, across different demographics that are traditionally marginalized. So that includes women, that includes um, the LGBTQIA community, that includes um, a lot of people that are even in situations like being a single parent. So you'll see huge discrepancies. And um, being able to find different salary resources is definitely a great tool and stepping stone in the right direction just to make sure that you're getting paid enough because we have some amazingly significantly high salaries compared to the national average within yeah. the tech industry like for example customer success on average um the average median in the united states is about ninety-five thousand. you have um product management the average is about one hundred and thirty-six thousand, and you can leverage resources like Comparably and um, LinkedIn yes. as a salary tool that yep. you can leverage. Uh, Payscale is another good one that you can leverage. Also, Indeed, mm -hmm. also salary tool that you can just really just put in the job title that you're looking for, put in the location, and then it will kind of filter out through the different um, salaries that you can anticipate on the low end, on a high end, including bonuses. And I think it is important to be able to have access to these tools and know that they exist because when I was looking for, for jobs for my first tech uh, job I, back in um, 2018, 2019, I didn't know to negotiate my salary. I didn't know to right. leverage these tools. All I knew was they were offering me more money than I've ever seen in my life. And I signed before they changed their mind. Okay. So I don't do that anymore. And I definitely don't recommend anyone to do that either because why not get paid the most value for the work okay. that you're going to be doing? Don't be afraid to change your life and don't be afraid to get paid what you're worth because these companies, they have the resources, they have the funds, but you have to be willing to ask for it. You have to be willing to negotiate and get your worth. So yes. I'll pass it over to Tiara so she can tell us a couple of uh, yeah. strategies for negotiating. Yeah, because we're here. I mean, man, you. I just wanted to say this, man, before we do that. Like, mm -hmm. you ladies are, are, are allowing people to get the bag. I want people to understand, yo, so many times I get people that come to me saying they have 500 in the brokerage account, 1,000 in the brokerage account. And they're looking to take this 500 or 1,000 and they're looking to go to like a million. And I'm like, yo, a lot of times we're playing the wrong game. Like, you know, just, you know, not to, not to put your personal information out here, but just to say this, right? Your job gave you a bonus around the holidays, right? They gave you a bonus, right? I won't put the number out, yes. but they gave you a bonus. <laughs> they gave you a bonus, right? A nice fat bonus that some people are looking and I, I'm going to say this. These are the type of bonuses that you can take and then actually go ahead and put into the brokerage account. And you get a few of these bonuses alone. And now all of a sudden you're talking about now you have an account where hey, you're really able to do some damage. You're really able to make some work happen. 
right? And so I want people to be thinking like from a longer term perspective, right? You know, like, you know, I admire a, a lot in you, Jess, because, you know, you're a single mom you. taking care of your son. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're doing an excellent job. You feel me? It's a lot of things that, you know, you have to balance. And I find it that, you know, there's a lot of times that, you know, people are, are, are doubting themselves a lot because of their circumstances, right? And I want people to understand that, yo, the circumstances that you're in in your life right now, I'm going to be real with you. You're going to have to really dig down deep. I think that's super, 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 super important. And so when you put all this together, you're able to now get your finances back on track. You're now able to invest. You don't want to come into the market with a sense of desperation, saying, I got to pay this to keep this on. I got to do this to keep that on. That's not really the way you want to come into the market. So these ladies are giving you a lot of gain. And we're coming to Dallas, Dallas, Texas, right? Uh, I'm coming to Dallas. They are. I'm coming to <laughs> We live there. We're we're collaborating together. And, um, you know, we really got a a great event that's set up there in Dallas. So definitely stay tuned for more. But TR, go ahead. Before TR goes, I'm sorry. Just like Uh I said, don't be afraid to change your life. And I mean that because I've done it. I've done it several times. Lawrence just alluded to um, an example. I am a single mom. I was a a teacher before this. I worked in um, (laughs) schools for the majority of my career and one day I you know decided that I wanted to make a change I wanted to make more money especially um I got divorced a few years ago I I was on my own I have no yeah. rich uncle nobody it's just me and my son so I had to get to the bag and do what I needed to do to be able to support him and by just making some of these small changes that I'm literally sharing with you guys what some of the things that I did myself to Mm -hmm. completely pivot into a whole new career a whole new industry a whole new state not only did my company provide me with a wonderful bonus they also paid for me to move they paid for me to move from massachusetts to texas they paid for me to get office furniture they paid for me to get furniture for my home so these companies have the resources and the means to be able to uh provide for you um the things that you need in addition a lot of companies offer stock options restrictive stock units that you can get vested in a few Mm -hmm. years so definitely want to incorporate that into your negotiation conversation because it's mm-hmm. not all just about your base salary. Tiara? Yes, I 100% agree. And I'll share a little bit about my background. So, so I, well, if you go on my LinkedIn profile, you already know what company I represent. I'm representing with the first company I've ever worked at out of college. My second to last day, I found out I was the only female on my team and everyone else, all the men were making 30000 more, 40000 more, 25000 more. And I was trying to understand it's not adding up. I was showing up on the weekends, doing extra work. And y'all telling me you only got a $10,000 bonus? Sorry, I had to like throw that out there so I understand. And so I literally would apply to 200 jobs in a week. That's how over it I was. I would get constant rejection. And that's how I learned myself. Okay, so here's what I got to do to stand out. I see what's going on. I see what's happening here. So what I did was I left Maryland in three weeks. I moved to Atlanta. And then that's when I started working at the staffing firm. But I think God had everything work itself out because I had the sales experience working at a staffing firm. And that's what opened up the door for me to go to LinkedIn. So that's why I'm advocating for everyone to negotiate their salary. In all honesty, everyone that's listening now, shout out to y'all. But also what I want to say is 
Every job has a range, high range and a low range, okay? And I want you guys to start changing your, your perspective. How much will it cost to replace me? Don't ever be afraid to ask for this money because this is gonna help yourself, it's gonna help your family, it's gonna help your well-being, your mental health, all of this is honestly impacted. I'm gonna share with you something that helped my client after get a job and a promotion, her total comp increase was 538,000 more. She just turned 30, hitting 800K. And it's possible, but she put the work in. She got the certifications. She got the P&P. She got the change management certification. She did what she's supposed to do. However, she wasn't afraid to ask. And what I basically told her is, I said, hey, I told her to go down each job, each bullet on that job description. And I said, you can speak on it. We ask it for more money. I told her everything. The price is going to go up. And I also told her, and I said that, um, when you think about negotiating, it's actually 30 things you can negotiate. I'll drop a few here. Sign-on bonus, relocation. You can also go for, um, like, um, in terms of, like, child care. You can go to get stipends from your phone. You can go get tuition reimbursement. You can go get, um, you can actually negotiate to have a bonus separated within, like, the years that you work there. You can get one where you could even um, you can even negotiate so you were to get terminated. All of this is ahead because guess what? You're signing a contract, okay? But I would always say you never accept the first offer when you go in, okay? And always make sure when you negotiate, you, it needs to be in written form. I'm only telling this because this happened to one of my clients, unfortunately, at a fang company. <laughs> at a fang company, the recruiter was like, oh, I didn't tell him that price. I didn't tell him that. And I know he told me because he called me right after excited and things like that. But I told him, I'm like, you got to do this in writing because this has to be a Exactly. It has to be a paper trail. And the one thing I will say is even if you may not give like the right figure when you're interviewing in the beginning, you can still do it at the end. I don't know how many times I've had clients where they use it to their advantage, where if they have another offer on the table, they want to let them know, hey, so I'm actually looking towards this range. Don't ever be afraid to um to ask for that. So I have different templates. Feel free to like hit me up and I'll send them to y'all because we need to get this money. Okay. <laughs> you hear me? So yes. And the one thing I will say is when a company gives you money or even even like some type of values i've had other clients in nonprofit they made more money however they weren't able maybe like so like maybe they weren't be able to get more in terms of their base but they got conferences out of them that they negotiated they got actually in terms of more certifications that's going to help them in the advantage after they leave that company um so there are definitely different workarounds of what you can do that'll add to your professional development you can also negotiate vacation had another client she added a week extra of time so you can negotiate your stock compensation you definitely can oh absolutely especially if you work at a startup that's your money right there you hear me? <laughs> that's the money right yeah, there. yeah i think that's super important that you mentioned that stock compensation because yeah you find that there's been a lot of good stories um you know from people you know who 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 were taking on you know the proper packages the proper stock packages that you know properly retired you know i was speaking to someone the other day um you know they worked for ups and they drove trucks for about mm, I think it was about 30 years and um you know they actually ended up having about 6.6 .6 million dollars worth of ups stock Whew. all right 6.6 .6 million dollars Right. They never were a trader, never were the person that was looking at a stock market, but they they literally took every incentive, every incentive that was there. Um, and, you know, they're good. They, uh, they started working at UPS when they were like, like, I think they were like 19 years old and, um, you know, basically retired at like 49. And, you know, I think I believe they're like 56, 57 and they're good. So. You, know, you know what, Lawrence, you know what this reminds me of? So I read a study. This was years ago about how it was like a um, white guy and a black guy. They started off at the same rate. A white guy negotiated for $15,000 more. And over time, he earned three more. He earned $3.5 million more in terms of his increases over time. 
because yeah. he took that initiative. So I would say for yourself, if you're ever interviewing for, especially if you're already like comfortable with your job, I always encourage my clients give, I know honestly ask for the most, because guess what? You have benefits that that's not accounted for technically. You have vacation, like it's just so many different I think it's, it's important to open your mouth. I think that a lot of times, yes. I'm gonna be real, let's, I'm gonna take it to a different step. We're taught as a culture, as a lot of times minorities and black people to keep your mouth shut and be grateful for everything you got. And I'm gonna be real, you should be grateful for it, for what you should be grateful, but also being being um being sometimes too humble will have you underbooked and under underpaid. So if you Absolutely. look at the definition of humble, right? Yeah. You take a look at that and you break that down, you'll be very, very, very underpaid and over and underbooked. So it's important to open your mouth and demand your price. Your price is your price. Because at the end of the day, if you are no longer here tomorrow, that job is going to replace you with somebody else for whatever price. And if they ain't go, if they go in there and ask for twenty five, fifty thousand more, right, they may get it. So you got to really open your mouth. I know a lot of times people are scared because they're like, you know, I don't want to pass up this opportunity if they're offering me like like I want you to talk about being at the table to negotiate like someone like a, a recruiter says hey we're giving you 75,000 but you know on salary.com you mm. know on market pay you know on pay factors all these different things they give you a bullshit they're giving you 75,000 right they're giving you bs 75,000 right and you know what ends up happening is is that now you're looking at it and you're saying yo at, at 115,000 right what is that what's 115,000 What's 115000 Right. At the I would say as far as that goes as well, know your price and then add tax. Because the thing about these companies, they have the budget. They're just not going to tell you. So find exactly. out what the range is and then add some tax to it, whatever your tax is. Uh, don't get too crazy now, but anywhere 10%, 20%, 30% as <laughs> on top of what you know your price is. Yes, they might meet you there. They have the budget and they it is their job to negotiate as well. Negotiations is a two way street. It's a two part conversation. So not yeah. only are you providing your number, they're yeah. giving you a number and then you guys are working together. It's a it's a partnership. You're working together yeah. to find the number that is in the best interest of you and the best interest of the company. But always add tax to your number because they got it. And you know what, what I would say specifically, if you are, I mean, honestly, like working in tech, things like that, you have apps like Fishbowl, Blind.com, where you can literally ask anonymous questions and get the real feedback. I've had a few clients, especially that, that anyone that wants to pivot into tech, I already asked them to create these accounts so you can ask in advance. That way they can give you the answer in time. I love Blind. <laughs> and I'll never forget one of my clients, um, another fame company. Anyway, they, 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 they playing my clients sometimes. Anyway, they tried it though, but yeah. I'll never forget. They, they offered him, it was like only like, like 110 base and on blind, they were like, no, he was like, no, I'm making like 150, take it back, like get more. And then, that, then that's what you need too. You need to make sure that you're getting it from like credible resources. So these are also yeah. already like vetted people. Like I was saying, honestly, stay away from Glassdoor. Glassdoor has no way of tracking if anyone even works there. So if I could basically say like, I, I worked at, um, I, I could say I worked at Coca-Cola. Because Glassdoor is like basically a blog where people just create accounts exactly. and there's no verification. Mm -hmm. So people could just drop in, like you said. So I'm glad you said that. So what mm -hmm. what are some good sites that people, you know, that they're they're able to be fact checked properly? Yeah, like what I would say is 
You can go on. Actually, we actually already mentioned it before, though. Like on on like Fishbowl, you can Fishbowl. go on. Um, yeah, like salaries are good. A lot of them actually are like aligned with the salary, like ones that we okay. said, like ASL yeah. market pay, because now they've actually introduced yeah. a review section as well, along yeah. with that. But all of these are credible. They are, everything. Everyone has to be vetted. But the problem with Glassdoor is that, and also too, it's like. Even depending on your location, you may get more reviews versus a smaller city. Even yeah, the larger the company will have more reviews versus someone that doesn't. And it's like on paper, it may look bad, but it's a hot mess. Okay. I'm sorry to say, <laughs> please stay away from Glassdoor if you can. It's not, it's not credible at all. Yeah, nah, definitely. Yeah, nah. Cause I wanted you to highlight that because I felt like that was important where you know people are pulling information from the salary comparisons. Cause I think that's one of the the troublesomes that people are like stumping their head on, like, okay, this is happening here. Also, the demographic might be different where someone's exactly. talking about live at. So it would be a lot of discrepancies from time to time. You know what it, what it reminds me of, Lawrence, when people leave apartment reviews, pissed off, right? It might even be the landlord's fault. Like, no, that's what it reminds me of. It's like, yeah. how can you really track? How can you really gauge what's credible and what's not? Because you got this. You also have employees, if they get upset, they'll create multiple accounts, leaving multiple reviews. Yes, they will. And even though they could be the problem, they could have been the problem. So, yes. Yep. Yep. So nah, I definitely want to say, yo, it, you know, this has really been a great episode, a great way to really kick off 2023. Um, you know, I'm super excited to get down there with you guys in Dallas in a couple of weeks to have our event. Um, you know, it's definitely going to be action packed January 20th and the 21st um, in Dallas. Uh, Saturday, I was just talking to Jess today. I was like, yo, uh, we're going to have a good time. A lot of information to be given. If you guys want more information from them, uh, you guys can share how people can connect with you. Um, you can drop your links and, and post post a comment as well, so uh, people can do that. Um, so yeah, share your socials and you know how can people really tap in with each one of you guys because I don't want the two hundred plus people that have been here, you know, tonight and we, you know we probably have a couple thousand people that's going to end up viewing this because it's recorded. But how can people tap in with both of you guys? Literally set up consultations right go ahead and get this resume redone by jess then go ahead and come to you and really put themselves because yo how i mean how big would an extra thirty-five thousand, forty-five thousand? how what would a six-figure increase look like for your for your for your bloodline this year right i like i am tired of of us as individuals and people being underpaid in this country i'm i'm absolutely tired of it i'm tired of it yo so how can people tap in with y'all? Yeah, um, I'm going to add my information as soon as I figure out how to do it. But you can definitely check out my website, resumebadge.com. So that's R-E-S-U-M-E-B-A-D-G-E.com. And I also have a Gumroad where I have some digital products on there. So I have a free personal branding checklist on there that you can have a look at to learn how to navigate your personal brand so you can kind of in incorporate that into your LinkedIn, incorporate that into your resume, um, have a look at that. And then also I have uh, last year I launched Job Search Strategies 2022. So this year we are going into it at first. Job Search Strategies 2023, it's on Gumroad as well. And in that, you can find information on just how to leverage your personal brand for job search. Also has some information on some of the topics we talked about today. So resources for um, finding salaries, also <laughs> have some certificate programs and um, some industry insights. So you'll see this one is specifically tailored to people that are looking to pivot into tech with a no code background. 
Um, so there are a ton of no code careers out there. So this covers tech sales, customer success, uh, program management, project management, product management, and cybersecurity. And it's a ton of um, information and resources in there, as well as I've tried to pull in some information on some really great programs that are credible that I know you guys will love and learn a ton from. So definitely check me out there and I'll try to figure out how to add stuff in the chat. Yes. Well, once you do, let me know, Jessica. So hi, everyone. It's Tiara again, owner of Swain Solution Services. So I support clients in all backgrounds, pivot into all types of roles. So from finance, operations, product management, project management, career education, social workers, I've supported them all. So you can contact me at my website at solutionsbyswain.com. So that's solutions by SWAIN.com. My Instagram is underscore Swain Solutions. And I also just want to share with you all. So I have, I'm actually dropping a workbook series. It's called Your Brand, Your Dream. So the first two are called Dope Career Strategies to Land Your Next Interview. So he actually mentioned a lot of this in terms of like on this call. So if you're interested, please check out the website. And I'm so excited because the next one's going to be um, Dope Career Strategies to Land Your Job. So basically to like to get the offer next. So I'm definitely excited. If you want to shoot me an email, it's tiara at solutionsbyswing.com. So I have like a free LinkedIn checklist, a free resume checklist that you can um, check out. Feel free to email it and I'll shoot it over to you. And I just want to say thank you all for tuning in because this is life changing. Like we were reading the reasons to change your lives. Okay. Let me go brand and get this money. Yeah. Also, I forgot to share my socials. Definitely connect with me on socials. I'm more active on Twitter because I she is. She is. I'm more active on Instagram. <laughs> I'm barely yeah. on Instagram, but I'll be on there. So you can check me out there too. Um, I have my business profile, so resume badge, and then my other profile, which is me um in being me is yeah. worldwide Jess with a zero. So W zero worldwide Jess. Perfect. And you know what? And then feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. How do we not say this earlier? My name oh, is yeah, right. uh, Tr Swain, comma MBA. I'm located in Dallas. Okay. So please feel free to, um, to connect with me. I would love to connect with you all. Yep. So now nah, make sure you guys connect with them on LinkedIn. Um, I'll share for BWSO members. I'll share some of these notes they gave me in the chat. And um, y'all know what it is, man. Uh, Wednesday, we'll see you guys pre-market movers. And then we're back here next week on Monday, uh, pretty much. And we'll have a, a different guest. Uh, shout out to TC. TC is the next next one to step up to the plate here on the show. So shout out to our good brother, TC. He'll be tapped in next Monday night. It's going down. I'm excited to bring this brother on. So this was our first show of the year, how to grow and protect your career and portfolio in 2023 and what i want you guys to take away from this is your career there's a reason why career was put before portfolio a lot of people are looking to try to put their portfolio before their career um and what i'll tell you guys is you have to put your career before your portfolio first sometimes you got to crawl before you walk and your career is what's going to be able to fund your portfolio I, I want you guys to get that um so there's no shame in having a job like don't listen to these instagram cappers online Notice no one uses that. I have part. the job. I love my job. And it's helping yep. me to fund my investments. Yep. And it's taking care, yeah, it's taking care of that little one as well, too. Exactly. Keeping the roof over your head. You feel me? So right. you know, it's super duper important. And I talk about that because there was a lot of bad marketing that was happening, telling people, I could show you how to quit your job. Notice none of that marketing is taking place now, right? Because no. that was really I bet you they have jobs. 
Exactly. And those people that was telling you not to get a job, have a job. Only when you get ready, literally. I was using, I was working at LinkedIn to fund my business. And that's when I went full time. I did not go full time yet. No, 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 no. Do not do it to yourself. Because that would be a yeah. bad place that you'll be in. I don't want anyone to experience that. Literally, use your use your company to fund your you know your endeavors. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So, you know, I want to really thank y'all for, you know, coming on here tonight. You know, it's definitely love. And, you know, I'm appreciative of everything that you guys gave. So, thank y'all very much. Thank, thank you. Thank you all so much. Thank Happy you. New Year. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. With the money. <laughs> don't be afraid to change your life. Get to the bag. Yeah, exactly. And give it to God, too. <laughs>